Well, hey, welcome, young adult family. I'm excited to be here with you this evening on a Tuesday night live. Hey, I think that this is probably one of the most unique, incredible times that we have to be the church in a time that's filled with anxiety and fear that we get to be filled with hope, extending that to the people around us, even as we're stuck in our homes. So share this out. Join in a community group, a small group in Zoom right after this. Check out the comments right down below that that link will be there on our YouTube channel, all that good stuff. Um, But hey, today I want to talk about that. How do we have hope in the unknown? How do we have hope in a season that everyone's looking for hope? Everyone's looking for something to be the answer for them. Uh, Springfield just announced a couple of days ago at at this time of recording that uh, people are gonna be confined to their homes for 30 days. And I know for me being an extrovert, that's kind of terrifying. I'm like, I I need to get out of my house. I need to like physically move and like get up. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna drive my family crazy. Um, But people are looking for something like whether you think it's like activity or you think it's purpose or money. I mean, these are some legitimate things that are happening. Uh, people don't have that anymore. Things are, are changing every day uh, and people are looking for hope. How do we have that in the midst of the unknown? Well, uh, I love the Bible. I love their, the, one of my favorite stories in here is in Jeremiah 29. And there's a couple verses in Jeremiah 29 that a lot of people know, uh, but it's just one verse. And there's so much more in that story that I remember when I read through that whole chapter and I realized what was happening, that one verse that I knew from beforehand meant so much more to me after I read it. And Jeremiah is a long book. It's 52 chapters long. And basically what's happened is that God has a chosen people that he's uh, given his favor to. He's told them the way to live. And they have this cycle of following God. Things are going really well. So they see, man, I don't really think I need God anymore. So they start to see the people around them, see the way that they live. And they choose, you know what? I'm gonna live the way that they live. They run away from the way that God told them to live and they serve other gods, they do what other people do, and God has to kind of bring them back around, and he uses prophets to kind of be his mouthpiece. Well, this had been an exceptionally long time that the people of Israel had not followed God, and they've done it for generations and generations. So he's using his prophet Jeremiah to explain to them, hey, I'm gonna let you deal with the consequences of your wrongdoing. I'm gonna let you live in some of that pain and some of that suffering, that you've done things not the way that I hope you would do. So I'm gonna let you live in that for a little bit. And really, the chapter that we're in in Jeremiah 29 is such a good chapter because even in the midst of the whole, the whole book is explaining. We just went over it in our young adult Sunday school class. But we read through the whole book and it's a lot of, hey, I'm gonna let this pain come to you because that's what you've, you've done. That's what you've kind of asked for with the way that you've been acting with your conduct. But the 52 chapters of that. It's a long time. You read it and you go, well, what was that? Well, God was angry um, that he's letting them deal with those consequences. But in the middle of Jeremiah 29, what you have is, hey, I'm gonna let you do that, but I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna just let that be the end of things. Basically, what you have is a people from Babylon, sometimes they call them the people from the north, uh, will come in and dominate them. Uh, They'll have destruction. It'll be really difficult. And a lot of the people, it says the beginning of the chapter, will be brought up to Babylon, from Jerusalem to Babylon, it says at one point. And they'll be slaves, they'll be exiles, they'll be people living out of their own city. Uh, But let me read this to you, Jeremiah 29 We'll start in verse four. He says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem into Babylon. And the first thing that got 
got me, I remember, I remember the first time that I read that, just read that they're exiles. I mean, to know what an exile is, it's someone who is forced out of their home. They're in a difficult season. They're in a season that all comfort, all things that are known, all things that they have grown up with, their nostalgia is just gone. They don't have that anymore. It's ripped away from them. That's one of the consequences of the ways that they've lived is that God's letting that be taken away from them. And he's saying, hey, you're, you're, being, you're, you're in exile. And you may not be in like a physical exile right now, um, but I think we all have something. We all have something that feels like uncomfort. We all have something that feels like we're not at home. It's a, it's a tension in your heart. It's a tension in your soul or in your mind. Um, to be young adult age is to be ready for another season of life. Yeah, you're probably enjoying the one that you're in now, but you're also probably looking forward to another season. You're in exile in the season of life that you're in. You're hoping to be married. You're hoping to have kids. You're hoping to be done with school. You're hoping to be in a season that you're not currently in, and it just feels like, man, as soon as this season is over, that's when things will really start to have some traction in my life. It's so easy for me to have that mentality, whether it's with my family now and say, hey, when this busy season is over, everything's gonna be a little bit better. Or I remember when I was 15 years old and I thought that driving was the answer. And once I could drive, everything would be different. When you're in middle school, it's high school. When you're in high school, it's college. When you're in college, it's full-time work. When it's full-time work, it's job and family. It's, there's always another stair step to go to. And I don't know what that is for you, but there's probably something in your heart that's kind of a yearning, a longing that you're not exactly where you wanna be. Maybe you're living in exile and it's not something that is a stage of life. Maybe it's like what the Israelites were dealing with. It's a consequence of, the, of their sin. It's a consequence of the things that they've done wrong. It does not feel good to deal with a consequence. It does not feel good to have to deal with the repercussions of the things that you've done wrong. But God's letting them deal with it. He's saying, hey, you're in exile in this land. That's where you are. That's where your lot is right now, that maybe you're not even in the right city. Maybe you're hoping to be back home or this is home for you and you were hoping to be somewhere else and school said that you had to be here a little bit longer or life circumstances said that you had to be here a little bit longer. Maybe it's relationship that's not there yet. Maybe it's a relationship that has been painful for you in the past and you're really hoping that once that relationship changes, everything will be different for you. The truth is that we all have some amount of exile in our heart. We all have some unknown that we have that doesn't feel like this is what I've known, this is what I know to be good, that we all have that. And this is what God's addressing here through Jeremiah. He says to all the exiles, but the phrase that he uses, I think, is so important that we understand it and we look at it. He says, I'm gonna read the whole verse again. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles, listen to this phrase, whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem into Babylon. And I think God is a lot of things. Um, to read the book of Jeremiah, and I strongly suggest it if you have the time over the next 30 days that you're in, in isolation, um, it's easy to know the God of the New Testament and only understand him as grace and love, but he's also the God of justice and wrath and making things right. And he's letting the Israelite people deal with the consequences of their sin. He's sending them into exile. And I think sometimes we look at our situation and we, we, we go, man, if I could just be past today, 
everything would start to make sense for me. But what he's saying here is that I'm sending you into it. And if God is sending us into it, there's more in here that we'll talk about in a minute, but if God is sending you into it, even if it's the, the repercussions for the things that you've done wrong, if it's you're in school and you wish you were, whatever your situation is, if God sent you into it, he's called you to be faithful in it. If God's called you into it, he's called you to be faithful in it. I don't think God would call you to be a son or a daughter or a friend or a small group leader or um, a worker or a student or any of those things and go, yeah, do it, I don't know, 50%. No, he wouldn't do that. He's saying, if I've called you into it, do it to the best of your ability. The, the way that we go into a scenario is so important. In Peter, in 1 Peter, it talks about how we're a royal priesthood. We're a, a royal ambassador that God gives us this big purpose for our lives as believers. He sends us out into the world to be something, to be his ambassador, that God called you to your work for a reason. God called you to your school for a reason. God called you to your friend group for a reason. That God's desire is that all people would come to know him. Are you helping make that happen where he sent you into right now? Are you being faithful with where God has you right now? And I just want you to take a minute. We're not done, but I want you to just take a minute to think about where does God have me right now? Maybe it's the consequence of where you're at. Maybe it's just the, the, who you are to the people around you. But where does God have you right now? If you're taking notes, just write that down. God has me, I, I just think about myself. God has me as a father and a husband and young adults pastor. He has me as a friend and a son and a brother. Those are the things that God's called me to. And I, as I was doing my prep late last night, I, I wrote some of those things down and I started to kind of think through, okay, God's called me into some of these things. God, God's let me be some of these things, a husband and a father. He's allowed that. And I have some opportunity. Am I really utilizing what God has sent me into? And some of those things are, are the consequence of choices that I've made. That's a good thing. God lets that happen because he loves us and he wants us to grow in him. He wants us to realize who we are in, in his kingdom, that he, he loves us. He lets us make decisions, but he's still is sending us into the situations that we're in. He's not just called us to vacate every hard scenario that he's called us into each of our scenarios. I think that's an important thing to see. But so he, he's talking to exiles. He sent them into being in exile. Look at verse five. He says, he says this is just crazy to me. He could address this any number of ways. And he doesn't say like, hey, you're in exile. This is a run out the clock situation. Like you are not at home just bide your time until the Babylon Empire falls. You can go back to Jerusalem. Everything will be as it should be. Worship the way that you want to worship. Everything will be good. He says, no, no, no. I sent you into exile. Verse five, build houses. Live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage and take, take that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. God's desire for you wherever you're at is that you would not decrease in what you are. Look at the next verse, verse seven. But seek the welfare of the city that where I have sent you into exile. 
and pray to the Lord on its behalf or in its welfare, you will find your welfare. It's so easy to disregard where we're at because we can already see tomorrow. But God has not called you into a season of faithlessness because you can't see tomorrow. God has called us into a season of faith because of where we're at today. I think about um, some of my favorite conversations. I called my grandparents a couple days ago just to make sure they're doing okay and uh, I hadn't talked to him in a while. My grandpa is one of my favorite people in the world just because he's kind of quiet and he's, he's walked with God for so long. I mean, he's in his 80s and he's, he became a Christian when he was a young man. And um, to think about the way that he interacts with God is someone who's been there and, and has walked with him for so long. It's, it's, it's not comfortable, but it's known. It, it, he just has such an intimate, deep relationship with God. And um, one of my favorite things was just talking to, to him about when I, even when I started at the church and we had more transition in our lives than we had in a while. And he, he said, man, I, I can remember when uh, he was a, the, it was the first year that me and your grandma got married. We found out we were pregnant with your uncle and I broke my leg playing church league softball and I couldn't work anymore. And he, he says that one of the best things that ever happened to him was having all of that uncertainty at one time and saying, God, I, I can't do it. I can't work with a broken leg. I don't know how to provide for a son. We just got married. But he leans back and he goes, I'm really glad that we kept walking with the Lord. Because now he can encourage me and encourage a lot of people because of, of the, the story that he's been given. And I just... Whatever season you're in right now, will you be able to, in your 70s and 80s, look back and go, I'm glad I was faithful in that season. I'm glad that even through uncertainty in an unknown time, that, let's be honest, what's happening right now all across the globe is unprecedented. But as the church, we're called to not have every answer, but we're called to live with hope because we know the one who has taken us from death and given us life. The, the, the situation you're in might be you're dealing with the consequences of your sin, of consequences of a, of a relationship, the consequences of something. God redeems that. Are you being faithful with that? Are you telling the goodness of God through this season? Are you doing what Jeremiah says to tame? Make it the best it can be. Pray for the situation that you're in on its behalf, even when you don't feel like you're in it. And you're just trying to get through it. Because I want to look back when I'm an 80-year-old man and say, that time of uncertainty, God was bringing something to the surface in me, through me, that I didn't understand at the time. See, when we have unknown, we have an opportunity for faith. There's a lot of unknowns right now in culture, in finances, in almost every area of life, there's so many unknowns. You might not know what the next five, two years looks like. But what you have is an opportunity for faith to take today and be faithful with it. What's God called you to? What are those things that you wrote down? How can you be faithful with those things today? Not worry about tomorrow. Not worry about 10 years from now. Hey, take the dreams and vision that God's given you for your life and run with those. We need people that are passionate about their dreams and vision, but also be faithful for today. Be diligent with what God's given you today. James 1 says it this way. Count it all joy, brothers, 
when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that in the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I want to be the best picture of Christ that I can be to the people around me. I want that picture that I reflect of God to the world to be perfect and lacking nothing. So when I encounter trial, when I encounter difficulty, I don't want it to be, man, I just want to slide by and get away from this as fast as I can. I want to say, okay, this is an opportunity for faith. Unknown is an opportunity for faith. That's our hope. It's a hope to say, God, it's not me, it's you. I just want to be a reflector to show people your goodness, even when I don't have every answer. This is what he says in this section of scripture. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. Be faithful in the city that I've sent you into exile. That's when we get to Jeremiah verse 10. And in verse 11 is the one that everybody knows. I'm gonna read you that. What we just read was the premise. This is the promise. This is what will happen. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare, plans for your good and not for your evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. In verse 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I've sent you into exile. Are you being faithful with today? Are you being faithful with what you wrote down, where God's placed you as a person? And turning those over to God and saying, God, I just wanna be faithful with what you've given me. I wanna be diligent with what you've given me. In a season where everything's up for grabs, everything's changing day to day. And hopefully, I mean, this is gonna air, I think like five days into a quarantine in Springfield. Will you take the next 25 days and say, God, this is gonna be a season of faithfulness because I want to see you. I want to find you. I want to see you restore me. I want to see you restore my city. Will you be faithful today? Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Can't wait to see you in groups. We'll see you next time.